Have you ever wondered why the leaves change color this time of year? Why the green turns to red, yellow, orange? This story I'm going to tell you this oh, this story I'm going to tell you this morning is from a long, long time ago, from the indigenous people of the Great Lakes region, Why Not Land. This is the story of why the leaves have many colors. For you see, there was a great battle between deer and bear in the land of the sky. The land of the sky above us was ruled by a council of animals of many shapes and sizes, all except for one, deer. One day, deer crossed the rainbow bridge to the council of animals, and bear, bear found out. Now see, bear was proud, arrogant, and selfish. And when he heard deer had crossed the bridge without his permission, well, he got very, very mad. I shall punish the deer. Bear roared across the sky. He leapt across the clouds up onto the shimmering rainbow bridge. Where is deer? And he found deer standing there on the glowing colors. Why did you come to this land, dear, without asking for my permission? Well, dear replied, I will only answer these questions from Wolf. You, Bear, have no right to speak to me like that. You have gone long enough being so aggressive and making trouble for the Council of Animals. You shall never do that again. The deer shook his head, showing off his huge, sharp horns. His eyes burned as if a fire was inside the him. Well, Bear, Bear was not afraid, for his claws were long and sharp. He stood tall, ready to fight. His deep growl filled the air, sounding like thunder. And the struggle was long and intense. Deer rammed his antlers into bear. Well, the animal council heard all this commotion. Wolf ran to the rainbow bridge. Stop! The dreadful fight stopped at once, and both deer and bear took off in different directions, for all the animals had to obey the wolf. As deer ran quickly, the blood of the bear dripped from his antlers and fell down to our world below upon the leaves of the trees. Some were red, some were yellow, some brown, some scarlet, and some crimson. And now each year, the trees of our world take on these colors and fill the world with beauty. The Wydots say that the blood of the bear has been thrown from the sky to the trees, and that is why the leaves have many colors. This is a story from the Yerkort people who live along the coast of the north of this state. This is the story of coyote and the acorns. 
Acorns were a popular food among the Yakult people, but they have tannins that need to be removed before they can be safely eaten. So let's learn how this worked. Let us begin. Coyote went to visit his neighbors. Mmm, mmm. Oh, what delicious sour acorns, neighbors. I know you know how to make everything. How do you make these sour acorns? Uh, you put a little water on them and press them down. And about two days later, you look at them. Yeah. I don't, I don't believe that. How are they really made? That's how they're made. No, 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 no. Tell me how they're really made. That's the truth. I don't believe you. Tell me how they're really made. Fine. We take the acorns down to the river and put them in a canoe. Okay. I knew you did it some other way. Uh, after you load them into a canoe, you tip it over uh -huh. and drown the acorns. I knew it, I knew it. I knew you did it some other way. And after a while, you walk along the river and find lots of acorns again. Uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> Coyote, happy, returned home to his grandmother to tell her about the sour acorns. Hey, Granny, I know how to make sour acorns. Yes, you damp them a little and press them hard. That's how they get sour. No, 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 no. I know a different way to sour them. So you see, you take the acorns to the river, you put them in a can canoe, and then you drown them. What? Oh my gosh. Come on, let me show you. So Coyote took Grandma down to the river, and there they found some acorns. And while Coyote was putting the acorns into the canoe, I was hiding some. Coyote drowned the acorns. <laughs> when he went to the river to retrieve them, he looked everywhere. Ah, oh, I, I can't find them anywhere. Uh, uh, Grandma, Grandma, I've drowned my acorns. I told you how to make them. Oh, I'm starving. Go find some food, but there are no acorns for you. Oh. Ah, Coyote went to the sweat lodge to make fire. While he's gone, I shall make the acorns. Some days later, when Coyote returned, he smelled the acorns. I better mm. cover the fire with a blanket. I don't want him to see them. I'm so hungry. Huh. What are you cooking? Nothing. You're cooking something. You're cooking acorns. I smell them. I, I hear something boiling. No, that's just my stomach growling. I hear something boiling underneath you. I had a little accident. <sighs> I don't believe you. So Coyote lifted his grandma up 
And lo and behold, he found the acorns. And the family laughed, devouring the acorns together. Around this time of the year, we start to see um, we start to see these cornucopias everywhere, and maybe you've wondered, as I did, where this came from. This image of the horn of plenty. Um, so we have a story for that. It is from. Uh, it, this shows up in different cultures. Um, Egyptian and Celtic and Greek and then Roman. This is the Greek story. I am Kronos, father of all the gods of Greece. The oracle says that one of my children shall overthrow me, so I'm going to swallow them whole. They won't cause any trouble in my stomach. <laughs> Oh no, I'm about to have our sixth child and Kronos has just swallowed the first five. I'm going to take this one somewhere that Kronos can't find him. Uh, uh, let's see, here's a cave. I'll leave baby Zeus here with sacred dancers and warriors to beat on their shields outside so if he cries, Kronos won't be able to hear him. And he'll have wonderful nurses, Adrastea and Ida. They'll take care of him and keep him safe in here and feed him milk from Amalthea. He already loves goat's milk. I'll drink up little Zeus, get big and strong on Amalthea's milk. Nom, nom, nom! Oh, he's getting so big and so strong. Look at him pulling up himself up the stand. Amalthea's horns are handy for that. Whoops! Oh no, I broke one off. Don't cry, don't cry. Don't you know you're a god? You can magically heal Amalthea. You can make magic with her horn as well. Better. Oh, here's the magic I'll do. Good things to eat will always come out of her horn, and you will never have to worry about hunger. That's your reward for the way Amalthea and the two of you took care of me. And now I think I am strong enough to be on my own and leave this cave. Time to rule the world! Oh my goodness, everything we need comes pouring out of this horn. And that is why it is called a horn of plenty. It's from the Latin, a cornu, horn, copia, abundance, plenty, more than enough, a cornucopia. Thank you, Amalthea. So as an introduction to our offering, I have a story. Uh, this is a story of Choco 
Ona from the indigenous people of the Awanachi uh, tribe. There once were two little boys living in the valley who went down to the river to swim. When they had finished their bath, they went on to share and lay down on a large boulder to dry themselves in the sun. By laying there, they fell asleep and they slept so, so soundly that they never woke up. Through many moons and many snows, they slept on that great rock. And little by little, the rock rose up, rising bit by bit until it soon lifted them up out of sight. Their friends searched for them everywhere without success. Thus, they were carried up into the blue sky until they scraped their faces against the moon. And still, they slept on. Then, all the animals below assembled to bring down the little boys from the top of the great rock. Each animal sprang up upon the face of the rock as far as they could. The mouse could only spring a hand's breadth. The rat, two hand's breadth. The raccoon, a little more, and so on and so on. The grizzly bear made a great leap on the wall, but fell back like all the others. Finally came the lion, who jumped farther than all the others, but still fell without reaching the top. Finally, there came Tuko Ana, a little insignificant measuring worm who was despised by all the other creatures and began to creep slowly up the face of the rock. Step by step, little by little, he measured his way up until soon he was above the lion's jump and still farther and farther until presently he was out of sight and still that little worm curled up day and night through many moons and many snows and at length until he reached the very top and he took the little boys and brought them safely down to the ground and therefore that rock was named after that little worm and was called Tituk Anu Allah.